there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, how's it going, Hawks fans? Welcome to the Como Sports End Zone. I'm Nico Tamarine alongside my partner in crime, Najee Moy. And Najee, you know, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Happy to be here. And Happy to be here. A little bit of background for folks uh, tuning in. When you don't see Najee producing a newscast, deciding the order of stories and writing stories and about 30,000 other things, um, you'll find him and I talking sports, a lot of sports. So let's just go a little bit. Um, you, I'll talk a little bit about your journey to Como in Seattle and, and uh, how you got here to the Emerald City. You know, this is one of my favorite cities to be in. I've lived here for about two and a half years. Yeah, I've been here. I moved in May 2020 um, from a TV station in Pensacola, Florida. Um home of University of West Florida, where I graduated uh, college, Go Argos. Um, and I got here about two years ago, and honestly, I love it here. I'm, uh, as I look outside in the, uh, from the sports office, he's, Nico's got the best view in the whole entire city, <laughs> by the way. You see, the, you know, on a, and the sun's going down, too, now. And you've got, you know, Elliott Bay behind us. It's just great, and I'm, I'm just very happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'm happy you're here as well. And happy you're here to talk to me about this really unique game, uh, and for the record, this is the first episode of the end zone. That'll be a midweek edition. We've kind of done primarily just uh, Sunday post game wraps that will drop on Monday morning as we digest the film and digest the stats. So, but what better time to launch a midweek update, uh, a game preview, if you will, than a the first NFL game in Germany and b the Hawks taking on Tom Brady and the Bucks. Which is more intriguing, Nachi, Germany or Tampa? Tom Brady? A different, a different style of football, definitely. That Germany is used to watching, you know. But it's going to be an exciting game, first ever game in Germany. You know, the Seahawks have a. I mean, it's Tom Brady, but we're we're going to talk about him in here in a little bit. You know, here in a little bit, but we're we're looking at a different sort of Tom Brady, different sort of Bucks team, you know. And I'm I'm excited for the Hawks. I mean. Pete Carroll is he's he's ready to go at all times, all the time, you know. And his press conferences this week, he was he's been he's been amped up, and he's got his team amped up, and the Seahawks are peaking at the right time. But will will this will this trip, you know, derail things a bit? That's the question. I, I don't know. I mean, the the game is very early in the morning, you know. I mean, <laughs> and so on a different part of the country, you know. I mean, I think it'll be. I think they'll be fine. I think that, you know they got better leadership than Pete's been in the game for a long time, you know. And, Gino's got a hold in the locker room, definitely. Absolutely. And if there were ever a game that you say you throw the records out the window, I think this is it. Um, given, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll, you know, said this is so different, called it like an NFL bowl game. Uh, there's so much hoopla and hype around it. The team left Seattle Wednesday um, as opposed to Friday night sort of thing. Uh, it just kind of messes with the whole week. And, of course, they're off after this game for a week, and that, and that's good news. But – in addition to all of the intangibles, all the X-Factor stuff, uh, with this game being in Germany, we're talking about Tom Brady and all the stuff that's gone on with him. Uh, divorce off the field, uh, an underperforming, if you will, Tampa Bay team. But I think that when you look at the Bucks, um, that's a team you throw out the record because number 12. And I, and, and I, again, if you combine those factors, I think it's one of those games you throw the records out the window. That said... 
what we've seen from the Hawks the last few weeks, these fourth quarter closeouts, I mean, to me, that shows me a team that it does not matter the situation. They're always going to find a way. Maybe not always. I shouldn't say it that way. But more often than not, they're going to find a way to win. And I also think that translates even before we get to this game. Um, you know, the traveling around the world and, and playing the greatest to ever do it. None of that is going to be enough, in my opinion, to throw the Hawks off their game based on what we've seen. Uh, you know, I mean, the way that they responded from that pick six against Arizona. Okay, you, you come back and win the darn thing with a couple touchdowns late, right? And then, you um, you know, obviously we saw the closeout, sorry, on the Giants. I mean... It, you know, I watched it in person, and let me tell you, I was impressed. I'm, <laughs> I'm very impressed with the Seahawks team, honestly. Sweeping a team like the Cardinals, having issues, you know, obviously. But, I mean, they're beating teams by... They beat the Cardinals by 10, after all, you know? Yeah. I mean? so, and on the road, which is never easy to do, especially, you know, at, at the stadium there. I mean... I, I I think they're like I said before they're peaking at the right time, um, and offensively they got weapons. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I noticed in the Giants game. I mean the Giants have a great defense, you know, and yeah they're in Lumen Field, but the Giants have a great defense and they can they can close on people very quickly. But DK Tyler did drop a couple passes, you yeah. know, um, but if he didn't, they win that game by several touchdowns. You yeah, know, I yeah. hate to say it, you know, um, and maybe a rookie in the year, rookie of the year, and as a running back, Kenneth Walker. Which is crazy to think. You know, it's funny. I remember back in the summer, you make kind of the different markets, different uh, radio folks want you on to, to preview the team because you're there watching it up close and personal. I remember uh, one show in particular had asked about the Seahawks running backs for fantasy football relevance. And they you know, that's why they ask you. They weren't privy to Chris Carson's career likely being over. And I said, you know, yeah, you know, Rashad Penny finished the year you know, the best running back for the last few weeks in the NFL in 21. I'm like, but Ken Walker is the guy you're going to want. And we're seeing why, uh, to your point. And I think that it's pretty scary when you've got a kid like that, that has really only been the starter four games since Penny got hurt. Right. Right. And, and he's just going out there and putting up over a hundred yards, a couple touchdowns a game. I mean, he's just doing these things out there that you would expect the, the Christian McCaffrey's in the, um, you know, this season anyway, Saquon Barkley to do. And it's the guy who's, you know, the second round pick who at the time, a lot of fans were like, why are they going running back when the Hawks took him in the second round back in April? Well, we're seeing why. Good thing they did. I mean, and we know how much Pete Carroll likes to run the football. Um, I mean, he'll run it every every time if he had the chance, yeah. honestly. And I mean, <laughs> and luckily, you know, Ken Walker is a guy who you can just get the ball to. I've, I'm a Ken Walker fantasy owner. In one of my league, and let me tell you, he definitely helped me win. win this one Five and a half yards per carry, man. You can't beat that, honestly. So we'll see how things go. I mean, unfortunately, Penny did get hurt. Penny was great last year, yeah. you know. I mean, but you know, a great offensive line and Shane Waldron. I'm, 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 I'm on the Shane train. I like the Shane train. I'm on the Shane train. I may have to drop that on our, in our newscast at some point. <laughs> hey, you know, there you go. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to say this too. To me. Um, okay, listen, the four-game win streak is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the victory laps we've been seeing. Um, you know, in one instance, you got Pete Carroll after that Giants win being like, hey, and everybody you said, you know, we're out of touch, that we're too old and whatever. He's like, that's a load of crap. I don't, I, I'm paraphrasing the first part, but that's a load of crap was a direct quote. And so, I mean, so you you know, you know they saw all the stuff in the offseason, and, and, it, and it pissed them off. And, like, I think that when you look at Geno Smith the other Najee, I don't know if you saw this. Um, one another a local writer here in town did not mean anything by it at all. But there's a tweet 
where NFL Germany's Twitter account. I don't know if you saw this. There's that tower in Munich, and oh, I did this see this. Yeah, this I know our uh, audience listening can't hear it, but there's a tower in Munich that painted Geno Smith's image on it, which is cool. An international star, Geno yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah. There, and, and well, there it is. So our listeners can't see it, but like, pretty cool, right? Um, well, you know what I wanted to bring up was, and this just goes to show, like, there's like the victory lap kind of thing. Um, there's a local reporter who. Uh, quote tweeted it and the point he was trying to make in doing so was uh he, he put like smh shaking my head he didn't know that's what it meant um and he unfortunate put, uh, very unfortunate yeah but not any harm meant by it and he ended up posting um basically gino's journey going from what he did in the free season here it is it says uh Truly uh, SMH, Geno Smith has gone from unsigned seven-year NFL backup this spring to feature on the side of a tower in Munich. Seahawks play Tom Brady and the Bucks there Sunday. Now, there's nothing wrong with it except just the misinterpreted of shaking my head, right? Like, stuff happens. Right. But I want to pull up to you. Geno Smith actually responded to this. Um, where is it? I'm going to pull Geno Smith. We know Geno Smith doesn't write back either. He does not write back. He does back. not write and, back. And, and this is – and you know what? Maybe it's – oh, here it is. Geno Smith says – at what point was I unsigned? Hard to hide that hate, haha, with a thumbs down. And like, but here's my point to it. And, and, I, and, the, and the writer we're talking about is Greg Bell, the Tacoma News Tribune, who, who is just a fantastic writer. I think the world of him. Um, I love reading his stuff. So uh, make sure make sure our intentions are clear. Yes. We're, we are not uh, bashing the reporter. We, th- I, we think he's phenomenal. Yep. Um, but when you've got Geno Smith, arguably the MVP of the NFL so far. Playing like it playing like it finding tweets like that i mean first of all how do you find that tweet like it just i, I don't know if he follows greg or not i'm not going to spend time on this podcast searching it but I, but i think that the fact that gino is finding that tweet quote tweeting it and and you know it, it just goes to show how much he is motivated right now by proving people wrong for those last eight years if there's anyone that i will ride into battle with this football season is geno smith i mean we saw that even from game one and we talk about the broncos game i mean you know it was the first game of the season things could have gone better yes but geno played very very well yeah i mean he outdueled russ he's been outdueling everyone this year but i mean i love seeing a motivated person whenever you have someone with a chip on their shoulder i mean geno's got the biggest chip in the world on his shoulder honestly as he should yeah as he should i mean he's got the best completion percentage of any quarterback in the nfl Comparatively, Tom Brady's thirteenth. <laughs> right, and, and and to your point, you said something a minute ago that I absolutely love. There is that motivation, right? That this guy, again, I'm I'm going to put the last copy out there. We are not knocking Greg, who sent the initial tweet. Who he later clarified, he's like, I didn't know what SMH meant. Shaking my head, and anybody who thinks shaking my head, even then, you probably should have seen that he was making a good point. But we're not bashing Greg. We're not bashing Gino's response to it. We're simply pointing out the fact that you've got Gino who is still not writing back. Nope. And that is exactly, it is exactly the way Hawks fans should want it. Bulletin board material. I mean, I, I just imagine, you know, at the press conferences, you'll see Gino and you'll see his receivers. I mean, these receivers are, these are not newbies. You yeah, know, these yeah. are guys who've been in the league and they're just behind, these are, this is their guy, you know, going forward. And I mean, and he's definitely, play, I mean, but when you play like he's been playing this year, you can, I don't want to say, say what you want. <laughs> right, right. But you kind of can. I mean, he's done that before. You know, somebody else at an earlier press conference was like, asked Gino, and again, I'm paraphrasing because it was a few weeks ago and I don't have the exact transcript in front of me. 
but the gist of the question was, are you surprised with the results, uh, the way this season's gone so far? Right. And I think it had to do specifically with Geno's throwing because um, Geno's response was along the lines of, you know, should I be surprised? And then the reporter was like, well, you know, I think the sum, you, you know, we you know didn't think that the season would start this way. And Geno, this is the quote, was saying, like, well, that's because you didn't watch me throw. Hey, and, and you know, good for him, man. And, and good for him. I mean, I'm looking at. I, I mentioned my. Fantasy. I say that until he like does that to me one day. But no, I I wouldn't. Ask and that even question. then, good for him. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's something to be said, and I think this is what makes the Hawks root so easy to root for, not just here in town but across the country. That you've got this guy that was a back. First of all, got a, did not get a fair shake with the Jets or the Giants, right? And, and even in in. Sat behind the most durable quarterbacks out there in Eli Manning, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, and then Russell Wilson. You know he's in his early 30s now, and everybody to that one reporter's question outside Seattle, especially, and a lot of people even here in Seattle, all said, "You know what? Are the Hawks crazy for rolling with Geno Smith?" And good for him to pick take all of that preseason talk, all of that eight years. Mm-hmm. Of being a backup and having essentially everybody who was all about you, maybe even being the first pick when you came out of West Virginia. Right. Um, good for him to just throw this all back at them. So long as, of course, it keeps going and, and, and there's no reason to suspect otherwise. No. I mean, I mentioned my fantasy football prowess. Actually, there's no prowess. I just have, <laughs> I mean, I'm in three leagues. There's no prowess. I'm not 500 in any of them. But one of my leagues, I've just recently, I, actually, a couple. About four or five weeks ago, I started Geno Smith. Now, I'm looking at my numbers. First of all, thank you, Geno. <laughs> first of yeah. all, um, I'm looking at numbers, and he's only not thrown um, a touchdown in two games so far this year. In all the other games, he's thrown at least two, first yeah. of all. It was the um, oh, the away on the, the San Francisco 49ers, and it was the first game against Arizona. They still won. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, two touchdowns, no touchdowns, two, two, three, no, two, two, two. I mean, these are solid numbers, and he's got great – Receivers 15 at the and four, 15 touchdowns, four picks on the year. It's crazy. I mean, he's having great. I mean, like I said, no one is having a better year than Geno Smith, which is, which honestly, he's, and honestly, I can tell you as someone who's just, you mentioned his age before. Right. Um, I'm recently turned 30. I'm actually turning 31. <laughs> club, man. I'm turning 31 in a couple of days. However, when you, when you get to a certain point in your life, I suppose, you just are so secure, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just, you're just ready. Well, Geno even said it. There's a big difference. Between the guy who is a 32-year-old starter on the Seahawks and the guy who was a 23-year-old right out of college with the Jets. I mean, no one wanted to play for the Jets at the time either. Right. So. And there was those, yeah, there were the issues, the fight he got into that essentially ended his tenure as a starting quarterback. Oh. Yeah, and, 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 I forgot and, about that. and the circumstances that led up to it, you read it, there's an ESPN story about it, you're like, okay, there's other mistakes along the way, but again, that's kind of all part of this, it's not kind of, it's very much part of this story. The guy is getting a second chance in every facet, and who even in everyday life doesn't want a second chance at something? And here's this guy in a most unexpected fashion. Sorry, because <laughs> we didn't see him thrown. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, even if you thought Gino, and even if you knew Gino was a good quarterback with a great arm, which I think anybody that saw him throw would, would attest to. Right. You're still, it's still unexpected to immediately come in as a starter and, and, 
lead a first place team, completing, mind you, seventy three percent of his passes. He's got a squad around him. It's yes. He's definitely got a squad around him. I was going to mention, um, I mentioned DK and I mentioned Tyler Lockett, but I mean, we got Noah Fanton, that Russell Wilson yeah. deal too. He's the third lead. He's the third receiver on the team. I mean, he's a tight end, but he's got the third highest um, passing or receiving yards on the team, even ahead of Will Disley. You know, who, I mean, <laughs> who's a great tight end. Yeah. You know, and when you combine that with having um, Kenneth Walker, I mean. Again, we talk about the Shane trade. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. Keep, I'm gonna trademark that at some point. But he's just put being put in great positions. I mean, he's and he's doing a lot too. I mean, he's not just dinking and dunking. You know, he's not just pulling a Justin Fields out here. You know, right, right, right. Um, but that being said, Gino's also getting things done with his legs too. You know, but I'm. I'm just. I'm excited to see how this game is gonna go. I'm gonna wake up early and watch. He's doing the things, and this is why the Seahawks. I think are gonna win Sunday, even though. My gut tells me if there's a game that they slip up and because they, they're not going to win every game, probably, probably you could. Um, so to this, me, in my gut, the, I it feels like if there's one you lose, it becomes this one, just because it's Brady and all the and the weird stuff around it, and you just it, you know Brady's that guy that you just can't. Doesn't matter if they're like two and eight, like they can beat you. If there's any guy you, I mean, who if we're talking about preparation. I yeah. mean, Tom Brady's got a long plane ride to just focus on the Seahawks defense so no high knees either no high knees and no no stretching I mean definitely he's 45 years old so there'll be a little stretching probably yeah, yeah. but um he's got a lot of and but the thing is he's got a lot to prepare for because the Seahawks defense has been playing very well number 10 is going to be in um is going to be in Tom Brady's face absolutely the whole game yeah and, and what a whew, what a Signing and revelation, Uchana Nuosu is Ben. I mean, he had his career high in sacks was five. That's a lot, <laughs> and he's already got seven though with eight games left. I mean, look, we know. I mean, I, I I'm new on this podcast. I'll just tell you guys right now. I'm a New York Giants fan, so I will just say that I we kind of know how to beat Tom Brady, and historically, it's just sure. rush the quarterback. You know, and I mean, Pete you know, only had to send like three or four guys to get a good pass rush. It'll be interesting to see how, and, and, and you channel was certainly, in, and even maybe the, the rookie boy, Mafe, can factor into that as well. Right. I think that, man, I, that, that's what intrigues me so much about this matchup is, okay, listen, those anytime you win four in a row, it's impressive, um, but, and there's some great young quarterbacks they've beaten along the way, Kyler Murray twice, uh, Justin Herbert, and of course, and Daniel Jones is playing much better. As great as those young guys are, or as much potential, I, I suppose, is the better way to put that, as those guys have, they're not Tom Brady. And even if Tom Brady this year isn't what Tom Brady was even two years ago, which is a fair discussion on a Tampa Bay Bucks podcast, maybe a little bit here. But my point is, Definitely this is the, as far as QB smarts, he's still the guy. Like, there is no quarterback that dissects a team better and has done so for as long of course obviously as Brady and so this becomes that test um the great things we've seen out of that Seahawks defense in this four game turnaround um against you know that it's the four game win streak starts with Arizona three field goals no touchdowns right right Chargers got 23 points but there there was other things along the way right the Giants really I mean you only got one offensive touchdown and it was on a very short field after the Tyler Lockett fumble at the five yard line can confirm it was unfortunate right and then <laughs> and then this game against Arizona they they did their thing again I mean you know we we saw the Buccaneers they did beat the Rams last week mm-hmm. um and Tom Brady was like that was awesome it was awesome he I mean he scored it took him what 
most of the game to score <laughs> any real right, points. Right, that's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was awesome, but he's gonna have to do a lot more. I mean, and especially when you get in that pass rush, you got two great cornerbacks. You got Woolen and Bryant on the side for the Seahawks. I mean, I'm not gonna say Tom Brady's gonna throw two picks. You know, he's not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers horrible game. You know, it's crazy. I'm even saying Tom Brady's not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers horrible game. Saying that in itself is kind of wild, anyway. This year, but he's gonna have to focus up. And that team is going to, I mean, he's, but, and they've got, you know, Mike Evans is going to have a big game. Hopefully, hopefully not. But it's going to be, the receiver cornerback matchup is going to be huge this weekend. I agree with you. And that was my next thing. How how do these overperforming, awesome rookies at corner for the Seahawks, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, who have been phenomenal. Tariq Woolen played really darn well against DeAndre Hopkins last weekend. And now he gets Mike Evans this week. And now he gets Mike Evans with Tom Brady thrown to him. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be in another country, no less. In another country, no less. <laughs> and so with all that said, time for our prediction. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the podcast, Najee. On the spot podcast. You know, again, I'm happy to be here. And (laughs) this is like, you know, this this is this is a sweet spot for me, picking games, looking at point spreads and stuff like that. So I'm excited here, um, especially for this weekend. First game in Germany, a different brand of football. Well, we had obviously. to bring out the big guns. Literally, you can't see Najee, but his like muscles are like enormous. So that's why it's like the big guns, Najee. It all works. Not as big as the Seahawks' <laughs> defensive coordinator. Um, oh, Clint Hurt. Yeah, he's a, a big dude. A unit. Yeah. Which you know, it was funny at um, their availability on Wednesday. Jordan Brooks actually had said that um, you know Clint Hurt will say the stuff in his ear, and he's like, "Dude, I just want him to shut up. Like, I can't, right. I can't hear because Clint right. turns the volume all the way up." And things of that sort. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of a funny dynamic in that regard as well. Um, but with all the big guns talk aside, uh, let's start with the point spread. Buccaneers favored by three. Who are you taking? There's, you know, I don't want to say I'd be surprised if the Bucks scored 17 points in this mm-hmm. game total. But I would be, actually. Okay. Um, and I, I I think the Seahawks will win this game. Um I think when you look at the last couple games, for, well, the whole season for Tampa, for for Tampa, I mean, they let the Rams score thirteen points. They lost to the Ravens the week before, twenty seven twenty two. The week before that, they lost to the Carolina Panthers twenty one to three. Yeah, you know, say what you will, it's a week to week thing, you know. But you know, I just and I watched the Seahawks score a ton of points against my Giants a couple weeks ago, and they scored a lot more points against the Cardinals next week. I just. If I'm going to give a score prediction, I think it would be very hard for the Buccaneers to hold this team under 21 points. I agree. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I think that, and I'm with you on this, and it's not just like, oh, you're a Seattle podcast, you're picking the Hawks to win. I, I just explained to you for a few minutes why I think the Bucks have a chance in this game. 
because you don't count out that quarterback and that team. Right. That said, those scores you just rolled off, the performances we've seen so far this season don't give me any confidence in that team to be a team like the Hawks. And, and here's my thing. My analysis of sports is based purely on scenes and momentum and feeling out the game. And what I mean by that is I don't have a, a Pete Carroll football mind. You, you watch and you observe the game, of course, right? But I, but my biggest predictions, which the least the ones that end up being right, which is occasionally. Um, More are, than occasionally. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I wasn't going to say it. More than occasionally. <laughs> I, w- I, would, I wouldn't, you know, I would say there's a good record here. Well, I've I got a great that. track record here. And it, you know what I base that on is like having watched so many games, having this been my career for almost 20 years, um, really looking at and, and analyzing every situation. And so that's how I look at this game, where on paper, again, all the things we just said about Brady and the Bucks and the talent around, um, yeah, it should be a pretty close game and all that stuff. Also on paper, according to whoever writes on said paper that Gino didn't write back to, nope. the Hawks shouldn't be 6-3. and three. And so that's why you have to feel these things out. And I just the Hawks are going to lose at some point. But right. I, but I just, I don't see it happening right now with all of this momentum. Um, that's the biggest thing. They're in sync. They're in rhythm on both sides of the ball. Gino is doing everything that Russell Wilson didn't the last couple of years, taking what the defense gives him, not trying to launch a bomb every play. Right. Right. And right. The, and the defense has figured it out. Uh, specials is even looking great. Pete Carroll's looking like he's forty-one, not seventy-one. And I just, there's no reason. For anybody to pick against the Hawks in this game, and the only caveat being, well, if they lose, don't be totally stunned because Tom Brady is the best to ever do it. So not only do I, you know, I think the Hawks win, which obviously means they cover because they're three point dogs right now. Right. No, I, and I do think the Hawks do have. I hate to say it, they do have a couple losses on the schedule going forward. I mean, we're looking, yeah. we're looking way ahead here, and and the problem with you know we're. It's a tall order, I will say. Going to first ever NFL game in Germany. Germany's across the world, essentially. Yeah. And you have to play against a guy who's, I mean, there's no better quarterback in the history of the NFL. That being said, that all being said, and there's lots of places to trip up in between then, you know. I mean, you see, I, I want, I'll bring up the Giants again. Xavier McKinney had a, quote, freak accident whenever in, the, in Cabo on the off week. You know, things can happen when you're even in an off week or, or even, you know, flying across the world, you know. But, you know, I'm looking at the last couple of games. You know, the Seahawks did start slow here, you know. But, I mean, they're a high-scoring team. 48 points against the Lions in October, 32 against the Saints, 19 against the Cardinals, you know, 37 against the Chargers, 27 against the uh, Giants, and 31 against the Cardinals last week. I mean, they score points. Yeah. And, you know, the Buccaneers defense has not proven that they can stop anyone from scoring points recently. So, Let alone a good team. Like, I mean, look, the Panthers are getting 21 or whatever, right? And yeah. Like, I mean, to win 21-3. I mean. Yeah. And, and I, I would, if I'm going to give a score, mm-hmm. if I'm going to give a score, I think, you know, it'll be close-ish, I think. I mean, maybe – 27-17. I was just going to say 31-21. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot like the Cardinals game. Yeah. Where it's not a blowout, obviously, but it's and the Cardinals could have with a player to completely flip that game and, and got a momentum play in the pick six that the Hawks immediately replied to. Right. I think it'll be that feel to it, and they're never going to be – the Bucks will never be out of it because of 12. Right. But, again, like what we saw in that Cardinals game is what gives me, and I'm sure to an extent you, the confidence to think they're going to win this game because – 
I mean, that pick six against Arizona, we talked about this on Monday's podcast, we meaning me, um, <laughs> and, and me and my lonely sports office here. No, but um, that had disaster written all over it. A pick six gives the yeah. Cardinals the lead in the second half. I mean, that flipped momentum. Right. But how did the Hawks respond? Like adults. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They come back. Like a professional football Seven team. straight third down conversions yeah. to end that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the go-ahead touchdown on that ensuing drive. You know, third down conversions left and right. And then, and then the, you know, even when they get the second one, you think it's out of reach. Then Arizona tries to fight back. Credit yeah. to them. And, and what do the Hawks do in that situation? You know, first play out, 51-yard pass to Noah Pham. Right. And then they obviously end the drive with the K-9, which, by the way, Simply Seattle makes a shirt of now. Great shirt. Yeah. If you've never seen it. It's exactly what you think it is, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so obvious. And that's, like, okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're good. And 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 that's how what this team is. They they don't get rattled. They don't get frazzled. They find a way to bite back. And you know, you've got you got a team where they're making T-shirts for just about every player now, man. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, on offense and defense, I mean, there's a lot of studs on this team here. I mean, just just everywhere, offense, defense. You know, just what what is something? What is something that you think that the Seahawks will have to do to? Definitely, because I'm thinking about stopping the running game first of all. Yeah, forcing Tom Brady to put the ball, in, you know, in the air. We'll see. Mike Evans is a great, you know, receiver. But that being said, we've got great cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So I mean, you got. I mean, if the Seahawks can get ahead, they're a fast starting team. They score a lot of points. You know, get ahead about maybe ten points and just force Tom Brady to put the ball in the air. Right. That may be how they win. I know it's forcing Tom Brady to put the ball in the air. You sure, know, but I think that to me, the key defensively is what you said earlier about it. you got to pressure Brady. And that Seahawks pressure leads the league in sacks right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, five of them against the Cardinals. I mean, which is phenomenal. Uh, different team, different. But you remember that the Buccaneers line is kind of makeshift right now. They had retirements, like the guys like Ali Marpet and, and some injuries and things, departures. Right. Um, I think that, boy, oh, boy, Pete Carroll, that audience, the German crowd, which is, you know, reportedly very pro Seahawks. Really? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, apparently they've, they've, they've painted, painted Geno Smith on like, the come on. on. The, on a, on, a, on a thing, yeah. No. They have Aaron Doncourt, who we haven't talked about yet, who may or may not suit up, and that's why we haven't spent too much time with him, but he's from Germany. A homecoming. And he's on the Seahawks. Hey. And he talked on Wednesday about how he's telling people where to eat and things like that, but uh, it's a really cool opportunity. It'd be great to see him get on the field, even in like a special teams, like a gunner on punt, something like that capacity. Definitely. And these NFL games, even in Europe, have been, you know, we've seen the London ones already. They've been great games, actually, you know. Um, and I think we'll see another good one um, early early Sunday morning. Not quite that early. Well, pretty early. 6.30? 6.30 our time, 3.30 German time. I don't know if that German time is what it's actually called, but just... To make it simple for everybody to understand, GST maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. No, I think G- you know what. I want to make myself sound dumber than I already. <laughs> I said GST just now. So well, what do you? No, you're good, brother. But I, you know, I think that uh, this is going to be such a fun game. We we broke down the game at length, um, but I think it's going to be really cool if you wake up at six thirty our time, just to kind of see some of that fanfare and know that it's it's our local team that is going to be the first NFL game in this country. And and really uh, all the pageantry that's involved with that, it's a testament to the Pete Carroll era. Um, you could say, you know, I mean, listen, we're t- about 10 years removed now from the Legion of Boom stuff. Um, not the end of it, but the heyday of it. Um, and yet this team, the Seahawks, is still seen as this program that, as Pete Carroll calls it, um, that is just so well-liked and, and respected apparently around the world that even, you know, after a 7-10 and 10 season – even after not, you know, getting past the divisional round since 2015, they still hold enough cachet and enough 
interest globally that you have them in this marquee first ever game in Germany. Now you knew Tom Brady is, you know, he's the, again, we, we said at length the million times the best to ever do it. So of course he makes sense for a game like this. The fact that it's the Seahawks on the other side, I think that's really cool. And I think it's a testament. Never mind where this team is going, which I think everybody thinks is in a positive direction, obviously, but, but it's a, a reflection of how the last 10 years were transformative in a way that's going to last for years and probably decades to come. And this is probably the best possible matchup for the NFL to have their first game in Germany. You know, you have Tom mm-hmm. Brady, and you've got a hot Seahawks team. The Seahawks are a kind of, I mean, they're a household name after all. It's not the Panthers are going to in Germany, you know, <laughs> I mean, or or uh, or like the Jaguars or any, anything like that. I think, though, that the fans, the Seahawks fans in Germany, we're not going to see. We'll see I mean, will we see a lot of 12s there? I feel I like we so. might. I think I, we might. You know, famous Seahawk fan Captain Seahawk is on his way. He was doing. He took a video of himself doing, as he called them, blow knees on the plane oh, to Germany. They must be low. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, uh, actually, Aaron Doncourt from Germany, I asked him how you say go Hawks in Germany, and he just kind of just said, like, oh, it's very similar. It's like, oh, I wanted him to do a Russell, like, go Hawks. And, uh, but, yeah. but you're right. But, you know, look, yeah, it's yeah. obviously very similar. I should have thought of something more challenging. But, um, yeah, I think that um, – hey, by the way, did you see this thing before we uh, kind of wrap up everything? Uh, you know, I hate to – here's my – I hate to even bring this up because I'm so over the Russell stuff. Like it's over, mm-hmm. trades done, Hawks won it. Um, I suppose that's not firm, affirmative for like years to come, but um, in a good position to win it. Yeah, but so somebody asked Russell Wilson on Wednesday um, how Pete Carroll mentioned that he gave one of the reasons he likes the way the offense is playing is he gave Geno Smith a wristband to wear with all the plays on it, and Russell's response was, "Well, we we won a lot of games without me wearing a wristband." First of all, like if I'm that reporter, who cares? Like, why are you even like you're fishing because not, you know everybody's making fun of Russ lately, right? But also, like if you're Russ, like you also could have just been like, whatever. Russ, I mean, he's been fielding a lot of questions. He's probably a little frustrated. He's, right? he's definitely he's a very positive guy. Yeah, um, at least tries to be, especially in the season that he's had. I, I mean. Wristband, no wristband. I mean, I just, I didn't even notice, honestly. Right, and, and my point to that is like. If you're a Seahawks fan, and we have to keep this podcast clean, but do you really give a flying you-know-what if your quarterback's wearing a wristband or not? Hey. Like, I mean, as long as you're winning, you're winning. If you're winning, you're, now, if it works, it works. If, you know, if Gino decided not to wear it and they were 0-9, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Wear it, dude. But, like, I, I just I, – I think it goes, like – I think it's become so popular to bash Russ for the the, the high knees on the plane and the, and the less ride and, yeah. and, like, all that stuff, like – I think people are reaching now, and I just remember seeing that being like, "Who cares?" The problem is these two quarterbacks will be tied for the rest for as long as they play. sure tied together for as long, and they, as they like play. each other, and they like each other. I mean, and they've played on the same team for I mean for years, you know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I feel like Russ. I'm like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> you know, well, and, and and that's the problem with the question. It kind of puts Russ in a in a corner where any response he says, not that I'm here to defend the guy. But maybe in this situation, I am. It puts him like anything he said is going to be so scrutinized. It's true. And like him saying, like, "Well, we won a lot of games without me wearing a wristband." I don't think for a minute there's a second of malice in his response. It's a fact. It's a, sure. I don't think he's trying to say like, "Well, I didn't need one, and Gino did." Like, of course, I don't think he's thinking that one minute. But because of the way it's put, that's how it's perceived, and that right. that's that becomes part of the problem. And then. I guarantee you somebody over in Germany, and maybe not just because, you know, not all the Seattle media goes to that, right? Right. Um, 
but I think it becomes a thing where like somebody might may ask Gino that, and then Gino probably hasn't seen it because he's you know busy trying to beat Brady in the box, right? And it just becomes this thing, and I think that, and I think that's part of like, you know, you have to be careful in in how, what you ask and if it really matters. Exactly. I mean, you can ask about a player's visor. You know, how much <laughs> does that does that matter? You know, I mean, I I don't really feel like it does. I mean, and it's. You have to be very eagle-eyed to notice something like that. I, oh, like. I remember being at Huskies UW first day of training camp back in August, and there was a bunch of people asking, like, how much does this, this lineman weigh? How much does that lineman weigh? I'm like, does it really matter? Like, is he 320 or 311? Do you, do you care? Is, is he going to start or is he going to play well or not? What matters is that they're ranked against Oregon this week. Right. right. And, hey, number 24 against number 6. How, yeah. Who do you got in that one quick? <sighs> Go dogs. Yeah. Go Wouldn't dogs. that be great? That'd be great. It'd be so great. I mean – yeah, I know this is a Seahawks podcast, but now I'm looking forward we to that. We cover game, everything. We, you know, we yeah. talked Mariners. We'll talk. You know, we'll we'll touch, especially because we're in the last couple minutes here. We've already gave our predictions, but right. so go go Hawks and go Dogs, right? Make yeah. it a great weekend. It's going to be. I mean, for two and zero for football teams here in the state of Washington. Hey, that is a great weekend. Definitely. Yeah, especially beating Oregon. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Right. Ninth. Yeah, ranked I Oregon. want the Apple Cup, which of course comes up two weeks from Saturday. Believe it or not, I want that it's to mean up. something. I think it will. Well, wait, let me let me rephrase that. It means everything I, to the to the alumni and everything like that. But I want it to mean something in the Pac-12 title picture, and that only happens if the Huskies win out, and that includes this really difficult game on the road in Eugene against an Oregon team that if they're if they get quality wins like the Dogs would represent, uh, have an outside chance at the college football playoff. So this is significant for them. Uh, but it would just make it that much sweeter for the Huskies. And let's not forget, I'll never forget it because it was literally the day my son was born last year, but the loss to Oregon at Husky Stadium in 2021 was the reason Jimmy Lake was fired. There was that, not only did they, you know, lay an egg in that game, but, you know, he kind of hit his own player in the helmet and they were already struggling mightily and that just kind of compounded the issue and ended up in his dismissal. Yeah, definitely. Um I, you know, we're almost seeing a complete turnaround for the Huskies this year, honestly. But honestly, we're, we're seeing something very interesting from Oregon. I mean, first year of their you know, head coach, they had Mario Cristobal for a long time. Yeah, and he's not doing he's, so hot, sorry, at Miami. You know, this is this is a beat-up Najee podcast because both my football teams are not – well, the Giants are doing well. The Hurricanes are not doing so, so well. But, you know, it's, it's a work in progress down there. And, you know, he's left a great staff in Oregon. Bo Nix is playing great. I think the Huskies definitely have a tall task. I saw a stat on Instagram saying that the um, Alton Stadium was one of the loudest state, the loudest stadium of all its college football last year or last week, um, which is it's which is great. So, but I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough task. That being said, still go dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but just like, you know, I love the way Penix throws the ball around the and and he just lefty Penix. I'm telling you what, man. Yeah. Um, watching the way he threw the ball in that crazy win that was at Husky Stadium last week when they edged out Oregon State. Um, I think that said something to the NFL scouts that may have been lukewarm because of his injury history, right? Mm-hmm. With the ACLs, the collarbone, like he's just been so injured over time. The fact that he's that strong yeah, to deliver those throws and he's a big guy. He's a big boy a too. Big guy, yeah. And, um, you know, he's got a great perspective on things. I was, I was fortunate enough to interview him in a one-on-one, you know, he talks every week, right? But like in a one-on-one setting about those injuries and everything he came back from. And that was just really cool to see. Um, his story is is still being told. Um, of course, the Huskies' twenty twenty two story still has to be written. The mm-hmm. ending of it, anyhow. But anyway, you look at it; it'd be great to see Penix eventually make it to the league and, and be able to really 
uh, make that a storybook kind of ending. Like, hey, you know, he told me he was in a dark spot, thought about quitting football, but he didn't want his younger siblings. He didn't want them to look up and see him quitting. Right. You know, and he didn't. And, you know, it's just a, it's a really inspiring thing to see. You know, I love the and, and this is, I think, the perfect way to wrap this show up. I love that the two quarterbacks in Seattle right now have these awesome comeback stories. Oh, yeah. And they're different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Penix was all injury. Gino was certainly a much longer timeline and more about persevering and overcoming, you know, adversity and, and being overcoming overlooked. getting drafted by the Jets, <laughs> which set his whole career back. Yeah. If you got drafted by a team that had better infrastructure at that time and didn't throw him right into the lion's den right away to, to, to be a one for your, like not saying he had to be Jordan love and be a backup forever with like how he has been with the Packers, but like, you know, maybe just get a couple years to learn under a vet and then be your – I think he'd I think he still be starting for that original team. Well, we mentioned Russell Wilson. I right. mean, isn't that not what kind of what happened? Well, I mean, you know, Russell came in right away and won the job, but I think – But Gino – Oh, sure. Well, set, yeah. Sitting behind Russ for a little while. Exactly. You know so. what? You're right. I, I see what you're saying now, and, and I think you're absolutely spot on that he may have been older – but it's almost like, you know, 2018, 19 onward when Gino became to Seattle, that was like being a rookie again. Right. Because he had a uh, – make fun of him if you want this year, but Russell is still a great quarterback and one of the best minds in the game. A stable organization. P. Carroll's been here for exactly. a long time. You Learn- know, I mean, just consistency, you know? Learning from that, having that consistency, a that great stability. you know? Yeah, John Schneider even, the GM. Yeah. I mean, that guy's like a motivational speaker. Having him, like, I believe in you, that's why I signed you. And hearing that every day, I mean, and this is why he's tweeting at people, on <laughs> you know, but, 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 and he's got the skills to back Even up. Even with the misunderstanding, and yeah. I feel bad for Greg, again, I think is phenomenal in every sense of that word. Right. Uh, you know what? If I'm Geno Smith, I'm probably like used to that. Yeah. Because that's all I've seen on social media for eight years. Yeah, honestly. And I mean, and you're just, you're collecting, as Robert saw, the Jets head coach, you know, you're collecting receipts, you know, which is which is fine, you know, but yeah. eventually you got to put the product on the table, on the football field, and then he's been doing that. Like I said, he's been the best quarterback in the league so far. Yeah. Which, Geno Smith being the best quarterback in the league is not is something I'm still kind of wrapping my head around. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and I think it's going to continue this week in Germany. I agree with Definitely. you. Well, Najee. Awesome hanging out with you as always, my friend. It's always fun, Nico. It's always fun talking about the Hawks. And, talking and about actually, we're doing something constructive because this conversation would normally just happen like in the newsroom and pulling you away from work. And it would annoy everyone. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking about it. with The door in the sports office is closed. It's actually constructive, and maybe somebody out there will enjoy it, and that's our sincere hope. Um, so we, we both think the Hawks got it, and we're hoping the Huskies have it as well. Let's see. And then we head into a Hawks bye week. And, and during that bye week, we're going to talk about something that I think is a really important debate to be had. And this is a little teaser for next week. Geno Smith in line for a payday because of how he performed this year. Does it happen here in Seattle? We'll answer that question for you next week. For Najee, I'm Nico. You just listened to the Como Sports End Zone. Have a good weekend.